A reading from the 17th chapter of the Gospel according to Luke, beginning with the first verse. Jesus said to his disciples, Occasions for stumbling are bound to come, but woe to anyone by whom they come. It would be better for you if a millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea than for you to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Be on your guard. If another disciple sins, you must rebuke the offender. And if the same person sins against you seven times a day and turns back to you seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. The Lord replied, If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, Come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, Prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, We are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, here's my hope for this sermon. My hope for this sermon, in some ways, is that it won't be like a broken pencil for you. Meaning, have no point. It's okay. It takes a second to get that one. And here's why. Because... This text seems loaded, it seems weighty, and it seems like maybe Jesus is trying to say something different that we would rather hear. So we might want to play around in it and say, well, well, if our faith was the size of a mustard seed, but that's not what Jesus actually said in the Greek. What Jesus actually said in the Greek New Testament is, if you had faith as a mustard seed. And the translators dragging that into English bring Matthew to it or they bring their own sensibilities and they're saying, surely Jesus is saying, if we had just a little bit of faith. And that's good news, right? Because little faith I got. (laughs) You know, I don't have that super role model faith that a lot of people walk around with and and tout. Um, Sometimes I come here to be in the midst of your faith. To be reminded that you see Christ at work in us. But if the point is little faith, I mean, that is good news, right? That means that we don't have to wait around to have big, gigantic faith to be useful to God. And I think maybe that's borne out when they say, well, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus doesn't say, okay, and snap his fingers and make them all big, gigantic faith role model people. I mean, let's face it, the apostles are better role models for not getting it than they are for getting it, right? Especially in Luke's gospel. 
In Luke's gospel, they're the classic strugglers. Peter is the struggler of all strugglers. He denies Christ three times. His faith isn't something that we should look at and say, boy, there's a faith I want to emulate. If you had faith as a mustard seed, he said. I don't know, so I just thought maybe I would tell you the point of what I'm trying to say, and maybe that can save me the big long effort of trying to say it that might not make sense. Right? (laughs) So here's the point. It seems odd to me to make our Lord's command to forgive people. It seems odd to me to make forgiving someone which is essentially an act of love, right? I mean, is it possible for us to forgive someone because we hate them? Forgiving is an act of love and charity. It seems odd to me to make forgiving someone to be something we feel we are forced to do or coerced to do by some rote regulation. Or rote requirement. I mean, where's the good in forgiveness if we only do it because we believe we have to? And likewise, where's the good in forgiveness if we only do it because it makes us feel better? Is there anything more selfish than forgiving someone so that we can feel good? Where's the good in forgiveness if we only do it to be rewarded for it? And there's where I struggled with this text this week. I'm a person that likes to tell people that I forgive people. It's hard for me to hold a grudge. I don't know if that's a personality trait. I don't know if it's a personality defect. I don't know if it's because I'm a sociopath or something like that. You know, you're forced to wonder. Maybe I don't care. I don't know. I'd like to think it's because Christ is at work in me and changing me because it hasn't always been easy for me to forgive people. I'll tell you a story um, I read online. There was a man who did something stupid in his marriage. I know, man, that's hard for us to believe, isn't it? But he did something that was stupid, and his wife thought it was stupid, and she chewed him out for it. And again, man, isn't that just hard to believe that ever would happen? You don't have to laugh, guys. I ain't trying to get you in trouble. But it happens, right? Those kinds of things happen. And sometimes we don't even know we're doing it. And women, I'm sure every once in a while you say something to your husband you regret or that wasn't perfect. You don't have to admit that either. But it happens. And so the story goes that this man said something to his wife that was just colossally stupid and she chewed him out for it. And he felt bad about it. So he came back to her and he said, I'm sorry, I should not have said that. And she said, you know, my policy is to forgive and forget and I forgive you. And he was so overwhelmed by that, by the generosity of it and the Spirit of it. He said, thank you, dear. That's what I love about you. And then every time they got in an argument later, she reminded him that she had forgiven him <laughs> for that other thing he did. <laughs> right? 
guys, I know we don't know what that's like either, guys. And no, none of our wives would ever do anything like that. And we don't do that to our spouses. But we do, don't we? When we get in any kind of little thing with each other, whether it's with our sister, our brother, our mother, our father, or our spouse, we like to remind them of how good we were to them the last time they screwed up, right? Well, that's what she was doing. And, and finally he said to her, he said, he said honey... You said that you forgive and forget. I don't understand why you keep throwing this up in my face. She said, I just don't want you to forget that I forgave you and forgot. (laughs) That is the kind of forgiveness that only forgives to have something else to hold over a person's head. Have you ever been in one of those conversations where somebody reminds you, you know, I forgave you that time you did so and so. It's holding something over your head. That's the worst kind of forgiveness. When someone forgives another person just so they can have the higher ground of being the one who forgives. How in the world could any of that be what Jesus is talking about? How in the world could it be that Jesus is trying to say that unless we forgive people, we're not acceptable to Him when He came to die for us simply because we're covered in sin and can't forgive people? To me, that makes no sense. When I hear Jesus' command not to be a stumbling block, to forgive someone, I start to understand that Jesus is saying that when I refuse to give to forgive someone, the worst thing that can happen happens, and I become a stumbling block to another person having faith in Christ. Think about that for a minute. When Christians hold grudges... And our neighbors who are not Christians hear us holding grudges. Do they believe God will forgive them of their sins? If Christians see us holding things against each other, and don't you know that people who aren't in church love it when they hear about a church splitting up because of something stupid? Don't you know they love it when they hear their co-workers say, I quit going to my church because that old so-and-so said such-and-such. Don't you know that the devil loves that? Because it makes it look like what Jesus says to us is a lie. That we can't forgive. That we can't be released from sin. That we will always be ugly, hurtful people. That nothing's going to change. And they point to that and they say, See, see, it's all a lie. They claim they're forgiven, but they won't forgive people. And that becomes a stumbling block. And it seems to me that that's what Jesus is warning us against. Not to take up forgiveness because it will make us feel better. Sure it will. Not forgiving someone leads to resentment, turns our heart black, makes us feel like crusty old ugly people. I'll grant that. But if we're only forgiving so that we can feel better, we ain't doing it right. If we're only forgiving so that we can hold something over somebody's head, we're not doing it right. If we're only forgiving so that we can feel like the better person, we're not doing it right. The purpose of forgiveness is to be able to love one another again. To be reconciled. When someone says to me, Preacher, I can forgive, but I ain't going to forget, I always tell them, then you have not forgiven. Because the point of forgiveness is reconciliation. 
What if God said to us, I'll forgive you, but I won't forget your sin against me. And even though I've forgiven you, it's hell for you and there's nothing left to be done. I know Jesus died for you. I know I said all that. But I refuse to forget your sin. Would we call that good news? How then do we call it good news when we say to another person, I forgive you, but I won't forget. Jesus is calling us not to be stumbling blocks to other people's faith. He's calling us to be like a mustard seed. Not to have faith the size of a mustard seed, but to have the faith of a mustard seed that though it doesn't know it's going to become a plant, just does what it is and becomes a plant. Right? Stick the sunflower seed in the ground, as I told the children, and a sunflower grows. Because that's how God created it. Paul says in 2 Corinthians that all of us who are in Christ are becoming something different. That we're a new creature, a new creation. And the something different that we might be becoming is people who are able and willing to forgive. Not so that we feel better, not so that the other person feels better, but because we want to serve Christ. Who came to show us what it looks like to forgive. I feel like my pencil is getting a point on it. Hold on. Bear with me. What if, what if what Jesus is saying to us is to have enough faith to trust that one day we will be people who are able to forgive? What if the whole point of saying if you had a little tiny bit of faith, you could say to the sycamine tree, the mulberry tree, get up and go be planted in the sea and it would do it, is not so that we can desire to have big, gigantic, role model, superhero Christian faith and be able to walk around and tell people to be rich and do all this stuff and that silliness and tell them, you know, just say whatever and it'll happen because God has to do what you want God to do because you have great faith. What if that's not Jesus' point at all? What if Jesus' point is for us to simply rest in Christ and trust Christ to make us into people who can forgive and not be stumbling blocks to others who want to come to Christ. What if his whole point is that the mustard seed becomes a plant and becomes useful to, its, to the one who planted it? What if that's why he tells the story about the slave who when all the slave's work is done simply knows that the slave did what it was supposed to. What if the faith we're supposed to have is trusting Christ to work in us so that we can do what we're supposed to? What if the point is not that our faith grows to the point where we can forgive people out of our own strength, what if Jesus' point is that He intends to make us able to forgive? And all of a sudden, when we don't forgive, what we're really doing is fighting the work that Christ is doing in us to make us more beautiful. Just as the sunflower seed becomes a beautiful sunflower, so we become more beautiful when we live in love and forgiveness 
when we live the charity and grace of speaking peace to another hurting human being. What if Jesus' point is not to make us to ask for greater faith so that we can be awesome, but to remind us that through Him, God will work in us and make us able to forgive. It makes much more sense to me to think that people who forgive is what we will come to be in Christ than to think that being forgiving is something that makes us acceptable to Christ. And I suggest, dear ones, that we come to Christ's table today acknowledging that Christ is at work in our hearts, changing us and teaching us to be a people who forgive, who share the forgiveness offered to us. For when you come to this table today, you come to receive in your very hands the forgiveness of God and God's acceptance so that you can go out and offer that to others. Why not come letting that little bit of faith fill your heart, trusting that Christ will make it possible for you to forgive your brother, your sister, your father, your mother, your co-worker, your child, not just once, but seven times a day. Why not come to the table today trusting Christ to make you that beautiful? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.